Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going? And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, I took the week off last week. Did you have a Merry Christmas? I did. I did. It was great spending time with my family. Um, it's so much harder to like get the whole time, even with the immediate family now, uh, since we all live in different areas of the country. Uh, so the Christmas uh, holiday season is a great opportunity for us to kind of come together uh, and be as one big family. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty nice. We also had um, the, the the stars aligned. Mercury was in retrograde and um, all of the siblings were in maryland this year so we always go to um to maryland for christmas and then we'll go to michigan which is where my family is for thanksgiving so that's just like we're set in stone there we're just doing that and and then we have Anne's siblings who kind of rotate going mm -hmm. you know they have uh her sister her sister's husband, his family lives in California, so they kind of do like the rotational thing. But this year, everyone was in Maryland, so it made for a very large, raucous <laughs> crowd. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a nice time. We spent seven days over in Maryland, so by the end of the seven days, I was like, "All right, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get going." But it was still <laughs> a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel that. I feel that eventually, sort of no matter where I am, it's like I just like I'm the kind of person who values being in my own space and like my own bed at night, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy getting back home after a trip, even if it was an amazing trip. Yeah, for real, for real. So uh, good to be back. We're kind of booked up like until March, which is crazy in terms of being gone on weekends. And we have. Wow. Um, or we have like significant obligations like this weekend we're taking the the boys back from the uh from the mvm hosting so we just have them for a few days while mom has uh some some of her cancer treatments so that's like a weekend gone and then the weekend after that we have some friends in town and then and then we're traveling to detroit and then there's pokemon and it's getting a little crazy yeah i mean i feel that dude i a great example of that is I'm going to San Diego for the regional this weekend. And then I have my work trip in San Diego the f whole following next week. Um, and I just, it's so much like moving around and Pokemon tournaments and life obligations and all these sort of things. I know. Uh, sometimes it's really nice just to, to stay put. If only life didn't have to get in the way of Pokemon. <laughs> Seriously, man. You, Pokemon takes fire. Everyone knows this. Who decided that? <laughs> like, so whoever's scheduling, like, life events when there's Pokemon to be played. Could you not? <laughs> um, hello? <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring. Duty calls. <laughs> you gotta play Poke. Earth to the scheduler. <laughs> so, um, so, Pokemon itself... Yeah, the meta is still growing in the Silver Tempest format, but I think it's sort of reached the evening of the Silver Tempest, you know, the sun think, is setting. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, myself included, but I think a lot of people are kind of over the format at this point. Yeah, and I, I think it's an interesting consequence. We've talked about this before, um, of like the online age, right? Where previously you'd go to the regional, the meta would evolve at the next regional. You'd respond to that at the following regional, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas now it's like a meta is defined at the online tournament. The next one that same day, <laughs> you respond to that. You respond to that 50 times over. You have like the core of the metagame established completely before the first tournament uh, yeah. at a regional. And then you're like really getting in the weeds from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really hard to come up with new concepts for a, a regional because many of them have already been played out in the online format. That's not to say it's impossible. Obviously we just saw that in Arlington. Um, 
with Mr. Kreckler's list coming in second place, but uh, it just gets a lot harder because all these concepts have been tried out and theory mined and played in these online tournaments. So it and just honestly, makes it like, really accelerated. I think another thing that's worth calling out is, yeah, there's there's always sort of opportunities to find like the whole new concept, right? Like the the Aerodactyl Vicavolt deck. Mm. That's you know sort of off the wall. But I think an underrated part as well is one thing you used to be able to do very effectively, and you still can do it to some extent, uh, but it was much more exaggerated in the past, is when you when the new like set drops or whatever, just playing the best, most consistent version of the best deck, like mm. having the list figured out better than anyone else, was something that would get you so, so far, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. nowadays, you sort of circle the drain pretty quickly on like optimizing the list because so mm. many people are playing in the online tournaments and they sure. happen so frequently sure. that it just optimizes itself so quickly. So yeah. completely irrespective of net new archetypes, like even just like playing the cover card of the format is no longer as free low as it used to be. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You already have those, you know, 54 cards, kind of the base. And then it's just those last few cards that people are changing in and out. Um, I definitely, definitely feel that. But I mean, you have, you were, you were saying one of your, um, main driving uh, reasons for going to the European International Championships is that it will be in a new format. Yeah, I mean, EYC in a couple months is going to be so, so exciting because not only is a new set dropping from a whole new block, which, you know, it's a new way to play the game every time you hit a new block. So EX is coming back. We'll talk about EXs later today. Um, but also there's rotation at the same time. So there's just a huge metagame shift to the point where I think it'll be much harder for it to just be immediately solved, right? Because we're not just tacking on another set to the format. Like, we're setting a new format outright. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is a, it's a really exciting time for good players and good deck builders to differentiate themselves from the rest of the pack because it's so unfounded, the territory relative to where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, yeah, I can't wait to start testing with the EXs. And like you said, we'll be circling the wagon here back to EXs because we haven't really talked about them and, and there's been some new uh, developments on that front. But uh, first, it's the new year. It's our first episode of the new year. We should talk a little bit about some of our goals for the remaining year here. Yeah, this is always one of my fun, my favorite things to do when we hit a new year is sort of setting some resolutions for ourselves in terms of what we want to achieve in the game over the course of this year. I'm not a huge New Year's resolution guy in general. Like, I think if you have <laughs> like a, a fitness goal just, or a health yeah, goal, yeah, you should just, just like, start it ASAP. <laughs> just like do the thing. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But I think one thing that can be fun with like New Year's goals is something like. You, whether you can measure, whether you did it within the span of a year, right? So Pokemon goals to me kind of fit well into that framework because, yeah, I'm always going to be trying to win every single regional I go to, but at the end of the year, maybe I can measure how many regionals did I win versus my <laughs> my goal I set for myself, mm -hmm. uh, which is a little bit different than, like, I'm going to eat healthier starting on January 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Not to drag anyone who does that. Like, absolutely, if... If you do that, that's totally fine. Yeah, and if that's what me. you need, if you need that, you know, that date to be that genesis for change, then <laughs> by all means. But. So we're going to talk uh, about some of our goals for the, the year 2023, uh, which is so crazy. And uh, 2023, we started I mean, recording this podcast in January of 2019. <laughs> it's been almost four years now, which is super the crazy. longest running continually produced Pokemon TCG podcast. It's insane, man. So first things first, though, talking about New Year's and goals, we have to congratulate our good mm. friend, Andrew Mahone, otherwise known as Tricky Jim, yes. on hitting 100,000 subscribers, silver play button in the books. That's so, so <laughs> cool. Man. It is very, very cool. The first Pokemon TCG gameplay 
channel to reach that mark. And that is just really exciting. I think it's, you know, a bright future for the TCG and for content creators, obviously Andrew leading the way for all of us. Um, it's just a really special achievement for him. Obviously he's been working really hard for a long time um, to, to amass a following and to accrue, you know, the traction on YouTube and, and hitting that hundred K mark is just a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's so, so cool. I can't wait to, to see the play button in person one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think it's going up in the studio, right? You hope so. But I want to like touch it. You want to touch it. You want to touch a silver. I wonder how much it weighs. I do wonder that. 50 pounds, actually. Really? A it's made of silver. It's, yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't even know. Maybe it's like uh, platinum or something. Honestly, I always assumed it was like nickel or something. <laughs> 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 With maybe it's just like, like a. A silver coating, maybe on top. I was gonna say it's like a piece of wood with just like a, just <laughs> like plastic, like a underneath. cheap plating. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> something like that is always what I assumed, honestly. But... Yeah, pro I mean, probably honestly, to... but, but it's uh... fine. It looks cool. No, it's great. It's great. We're uh, really proud of Andrew. Congratulations. Six digits. Le leading the way in uh, Pokemon TCG content creation, and it's just an exciting time. I mean, especially like to be kind of associated in the same breath in terms of competitive um, play, right? Being on the same team, the full group team, like that's just, I don't know. I, I don't uh, take any credit, but you know, I just, I kind of do, you know, I kind of feel that I, I, I feel take the, all the, credit, the glow. Actually. I feel a little glow from it, you know, where it's like he did something really big like that, you know, that kind of rubs off a little bit on me. So again, congratulations, Andrew. So, so cool. I take a huge amount of the credit, actually. And yeah. Honestly, well, it would be more fair if he were to, like, get a, like, a power saw and to give me half of the play button at this point. It's so funny because I remember the conversation that we had had, you know, four years ago, five like, years ago. We should start Tricky Gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we no no i mean it was just like <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> it was it was like man what would you know what would be su like the sustainable viewership for being able to do this full time because at that point he had been making youtube videos he had started i th this might have been before he was starting to really get into streaming he might have done maybe a few streams or, or, or was thinking about doing it on youtube and i was like yeah you know we were just kind of thinking like man okay you'd have to have x amount of subscribers you know you'd probably like a good number would be like averaging like 100 viewers you know like that was you know our 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 thought of what was possible was so small back when you know we were kind of storyboarding it and, and coming up with, you know, these ideas of, of what it would actually look like to go full time. So, um, you know, this certainly is like a genesis, a, a culmination of a lot of that hard work, a lot of that planning and, uh, you know, being the first person in the Pokemon TCG content creation sphere that does primarily Pokemon gameplay to hit hundred K. I, th I think that's really promising for, um, a lot of other content creators that are that are looking to to increase uh, their viewership and their numbers on YouTube as well. I mean, he's paving the road, right? Like he's yep. setting the stage for yep. for all of us going forward, and that's really cool. Um, that all said, we got goals of our own that we'd love to achieve. So, JW, what are a few of the things that you're looking to achieve over the course of 2023, be it in your content creation or in your gameplay, uh, tournament results, you know, mm -hmm. what does that look like for you? Absolutely. Well, one of the first things that I would like to do um, is I am planning on going to Japan with an invite or not, but I would love to earn the invite for this year. I think if I get an invite this year, that would mean more to me than any of the other world's invitations that I've ever gotten. I think getting the invite might approach like for this year might approach um you know even the regionals wins that i've had in the past in terms of like how um just satisfied i am with the achievement i think this year for me has been you know personally has been just crazy with you know the baby and the kids uh doing the hosting and just a bunch of other factors that have kind of made it so that pokemon has uh, not been as kind of f the forefront uh, of an activity in my life as it has been in the past. So to be able to 
still achieve an invite this year, I think would mean the world to me and, and is certainly one of my goals for this year. A, another goal that I have that I've been thinking about pretty heavily over the last month, and I'm going to start up this, uh, this month, is doing a YouTube channel primarily devoted to, um, to casting, mm. uh, to casting um, uh, games. So uh, the idea there is, I, at some point, I would love to um, cast an official Pokemon tournament, but you know, and you gotta you gotta build a resume, right? Yeah. I did uh, for the for a while, maybe I don't know. It was about six months there was the full grip online series that i had been uh casting and that was that was great and um you know just got to the point where it's a little bit too much uh for some of our organizers to handle natalie did a lot of the behind the scenes work and as the store grew and her role in the store grew it just didn't really make a ton of sense to host these free tournaments so uh, we kind of you know dropped that you know, again no no real fault of anyone it just got put on the back burner but heading forward i think you know I feel like that would be another really fun thing to, you know, cast a a tournament, an official uh, Pokemon regional, um, and that would be something that you know I would like to get into. So, all that said, got to build up that resume, got to start doing some uh, some casting, and and just getting, uh, you know, my my chops, building my chops, getting those skills up, and so I'm going to be launching a. YouTube channel devoted to that. That's seriously cool. And I can definitely empathize. Like casting is, is so cool. You know, I have huge, uh, huge amount of props to the people who do it. Uh, and have had that opportunity. It's something that I've always been interested in as well. Um, well, okay. Then I'll, uh, invite you on the channel. Yeah, man. Yeah. I always feel free. Sounds good. I think for, so I guess before I, I do any of mine, are there any, other sort of like more gameplay oriented goals? Are you trying to win a regional this year? Trying to win all, trying to win five, 10? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. Um, I am trying to, obviously, I'm always trying to win every single tournament, right? We, of course. Kind of yeah. like that's the, that's the standard that we've set at this point. Like we're not trying to day two. That's not really a goal that I have at this point. It's trying to win the tournament. But, um, you know, a, a realistic goal that I'd like to set is uh, getting a finish at, an international championship now and is that top eight or higher for you uh for me i think it would be a top 32 okay but you know obviously i mean i'm trying to win right so like uh, you know uh, winning the international champion uh but i will only be going to um you know god willing i'll only be going to the uh tournament in the united states presumably it's going to be in columbus but um getting a finish there top 32 or higher I think that's a that's a reasonable goal. I, I've never really had a stellar finish at the nationals. Now the internationals, I maybe had a top two fifty six at some point in the past. Maybe a top one twenty eight, but uh, would be looking to to get you know some some finish there at at the uh, North American International Championships. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. super good. Um, as far as myself. I have a couple different like spheres of goals, just like you do. Um, I think one thing for me is for a really long time, I've been interested to do like really high production value, um, not necessarily history of the game, but like sort of video essayist type topics about the game. Um, I actually have like a project file on my old laptop that got fried <laughs> for, no. for huge like lore heads for tag team if you remember my laptop got fried like yep. half a year ago um i had like an in progress file that was like i don't know 20 percent done <laughs> but it was it's a long video so that was a lot uh, that is now lost to time um so i would love to produce at least one of those like really long form videos this year uh would be my goal and but if i were to release one this year um, I would only ever release one with the intent of like having another one ready to release within another month or two um, and have sort of that cadence be continued. So that's something I want to, I want to do. And that does take a lot of dedicated time to do something like of high production values. So that's tough. Well, so, um, so, I mean, you'd hire someone. Um, 
Potentially. I actually want to kind of do the first one myself. I do have a fair amount of video editing experience, and I like doing it. Really? Um, okay. So I, I'm looking to kind of set the framework myself. Um, and then I have a friend who's actually a freelance video editor that I might work with to to kind of like set the stage for the future of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my vision right now is I would love to put one like fully pet project work in and then shift over to like doing more of the writing and the recording and things and then leaving the editing to someone else. What's your timeline? I'm not sure. I, I have to define I just wanna, that. I just want to hold you accountable. That's you know? fair. I mean, I think my overarching goal is I want to release <laughs> the first iteration of something like that this year. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm not holding myself to a strict timeline, but I want to have it out this year. It was something I thought about a lot last year. I just couldn't find the energy to do. So I'm resolving this year to like put more energy into that. Yeah. Um, the next thing is more gameplay oriented. Um, I would love to get some new finishes to my resume. Obviously I'm coming off a top eight of Arlington. So maybe that sounds pompous, but um, I would love to get at least two more top eights over the course of 2023 uh, at regionals or higher. Um, And I would love to get a top 16 or higher at an international this year. Yep. We're really trying to go for the hardware, man. I would really love some hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I would rather have one top four at a regional than two top eights. If you know, if if, if you the Lord choose. of Pokemon <laughs> came to me yeah. and said, "I can Arceus grant you the choice." If Arceus came down to me, uh, I played the Azure flute, and Arceus came to me and said, "I can give you either uh, like a regional finals, but you lose, or I can give you a top." two top eights where you lose. I'm taking mm-hmm. the finals for sure. I want the medal, <laughs> you know? Yep. So I, that's basically the goal for me is to get some hardware this year, but I'll settle for, for two top eights as well. In addition mm-hmm. to Arlington. Um, so that's, that's on my mind. I'm also just really excited by the concept of going to a couple internationals. Again, I really enjoyed doing that last year, even though UIC didn't really pan out for me. Um, the experience was really fun. So, um, that's the thing I'm, I'm looking forward to. And I think overall, like next year, I just want to keep up and continue to grow the momentum of our testing group as a whole. Um, I think we've had a really, really solid performance through all of 2022, basically. Um, we were right, right there in the metagame. We were always like right on the cusp of, of top eighting and potentially even winning these tournaments. Um, and we've just been a little bit short. So, um, in aggregate, I would like the testing group to hit that like next stage of progress where sure. maybe it's not the same individual at every tournament, right? That's why we send people with the same deck. Um, but repeatedly, like we're in top 16, we're in top eight, like every single mm-hmm. tournament we have someone in that discussion. Um, that would be a, a goal for my, for me is to like elevate our aggregate results you know, and I think, too, I'll ask that, you know, kind of a similar question to go beyond. Like, sure. what would we need to do to get there, do you think? I think there's I think there's a multitude of factors. Like, testing more is certainly something we could do. I think also just doing it a little further in advance. J.Q. Hart actually had an interesting Twitter thread, um, which you may or may not agree with in, in full, but... Basically, he was saying that, you know, people should spend less time testing current format and looking more towards the future, which is funny because it's something we've kind of like disagreed with on tag team before. You know, you should Mm -hmm. try and focus on the event in front of you. And I still think that, but maybe we should put more effort into like having the framework for the next format established a little bit sooner so we can just dive right in instead of having to like do the whole discovery type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there's concessions we can make there. Um and I think part of it as well is just getting everybody on like the same page. Like if we were all in the same situation, would we make the same play? Um, right. Are people changing cards? Are people playing a different deck than the rest of the group? Like, I think that's a huge metric of success as well is if you're in lockstep with each other. Um, and if you can't reach that point, that means there's probably more to be done, right? Either you need to test some more or you need to sell that, that last person on why this is the play um, right. either 
quantitatively or qualitatively. Um, or, you know, you just need to tighten up your game actions because people are making misplays and stuff and and that's what's causing you to, to not get as far as you should be. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's, you know, certainly something that we've discussed is like if we aren't <laughs> coming to a consensus, um, you know, not not to say that we are the top minds in the game, but as as some of the top minds in the game, you, me, Andrew, is like if we can come to a consensus, then we should all be very confident in the list that we're going to bring to a tournament. Yeah, yeah, so. and I mean that's how we felt at Arlington, and it paid off very well. So, yeah, um, man, uh, that's, that's for people who weren't like in the wheezing hell. Haunt me. Oh my <laughs> gosh, dude. Yeah, that was horrible. But I mean, still, I, it was going to haunt me that you know you guys ended up playing in that last round at Arlington to. Oh, man, I think about that literally every night. <laughs> it sucks so bad. It keeps me up at night, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, those are those are my things. I think, on the whole, to me, it represents, like, I want to continue to grow as a player, as a creator. Um, and, you know, I have... there To me, are, there are measures of achieving that, which is another important thing for goal setting to me, is, like, there is some way I can say that I've achieved it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That all said, uh, I would love to hear, JW, I don't want to speak for you, but I would love to hear <laughs> what some of your goals are. Uh, so if you have any particular things that you're looking to achieve heading into 2023, please let us know over at Twitter. Totally. Yeah. DM us, tag us in a tweet. Love to hear that. So we talked a lot about goal setting and like a new era in 2023 trying to achieve new things we are entering a new era of the game as well starting this april with scarlet and violet entering the tcg uh the big shift is of course ex's taking over the scene as opposed to the v's v stars v maxes of the last couple of years so we thought it would be fun since we haven't really spent a lot of dedicated time talking about ex's um, outside some maybe light passing comments to actually like talk a little bit about what's coming up for the game, uh, especially now that Silver Tempest is really on its last legs here. Mm-hmm. So, JW, why don't you kick us off by talking about you know some of your thoughts about the upcoming format, the upcoming set, the EXs that are ahead of us, and and where you think the game's headed? Sure. Well, there've been a half a dozen EXs that have been released over the last few weeks. But the most intriguing and most exciting for me, and I think a lot of others, is the Gardevoir EX. Gardevoir EX is a stage two, has 310 health, and its attack is whatever. It does 190 damage. You know, you're going to be two-shotting stuff. That's fine. Recover from all special conditions. That's, you know, pretty mid effect of an attack but especially since like half of the special conditions make it so you can't attack exactly yeah <laughs> you're, you're not going to be recovering from you know paralysis uh with this attack but i digress the ability though is what has got people so excited psychic embrace as often as you like during your turn as often as you like during your turn you may attach a basic psychic energy from your discard pile to one of your psychic pokemon then you put two damage counters on that pokemon so it's very, very interesting that uh, this kind of energy acceleration is entering the format because, I mean, we do have really good energy acceleration with Archaeops right now. Um, but a lot of those special energies that make the Lugia Archaeops deck what it is are going to be rotating. And maybe this is a signal that, you know, Gardevoir EX has the um, ability, like, through rotation and through you know kind of the absence of certain cards to rise up as being the primary energy acceleration pokemon in this new scarlet and violet format and that is a seriously insane energy acceleration ability uh discard is a great place to grab the energy from (laughs) uh, for a multitude of reasons and the damage counter cost isn't exceptionally high I, i wouldn't consider it to be at least for like the value of being able to add unlimited energy to your board. People are already like cooking up some crazy brews to try and trying to abuse the, the infinite acceleration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think realistically though, it's just solid. Like it makes any Pokemon theoretically work. 
it can fill any colorless well, attack cost yeah. fairly well, easily. Well, you can only attach to psychics or a psychic Pokemon, right? Sure. So. Sure. But more so, like, you know, any psychic attacker, you can make sure. it work, sure. you know, through Gardevoir with relatively little overhead. It's only one stage two to get that level of acceleration. You mm-hmm. know, you compare that to a card like Malamar of the past with psychic recharge. That yeah. was one energy per turn to the bench. Yeah, right. Or things like electric or flaffy. One energy to the bench. And, you know, you had to really plan many turns in advance to get the energy on the Pokemon that you wanted. But, yeah, like you said, you know, Gardevoir is going to enable a lot of these different strategies. There might be uh, cards that we haven't ever seen before uh, do well that just couldn't be powered up. You know, similar to, like, an, a Radiant Eveltal or a... a uh, amazing amazing rare whatever. <laughs> so close yeah I, I go through all of the adjectives <laughs> <laughs> similar to the amazing eveltal it just never saw play until there was an energy accelerator that could enable it so gardevoir uh, certainly one that is uh, high on my list of, of interesting cards here in the new scarlet and violet set i think another really interesting part of our gardevoir is pokemon freaking loves Gardevoir. <laughs> they do. They dude. really do. There are multiple good Curlias right now. Uh, one of which I think is slightly better for Gardevoir itself, but the other I don't think can necessarily be fully discounted. So there's a Curlia with a water duplicates-esque attack, you know, yeah, for one energy. Mm-hmm. You fill your bench with the rest of the Curlias from your deck without having to evolve them. And there's also a, a Curlia with a trade ability, right? So you, in your middle stage evolution, we'll can now... Out discard your you can discard cards from your hand and and draw two cards you know while you're in the process of evolving you know we think back to cards in the past that have had this ability you know chinchino very recently um the lipard as well fairly recently and zorark of old those are cards that that was the final stage evolution um and chinchino and lipard weren't really doing that much for you other than than drawing whereas curlia you can draw, and then just the next turn, you can draw one more time and evolve it again. <laughs> yeah. And so you've gotten four cards of draw off of it, and now it's the Pokemon you actually want in play. Exactly. Um, so that's pretty insane to me. Plus, you also have access to Gallade as a branching evolution path, so you can play cards like Buddy Catch Gallade, for example, to get any supporter you want any turn, mm-hmm. um, if you happen to have a spare Ralts flying around. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty insane. Like how many tools Gardevoir has available to it just by virtue of being a Gardevoir. Well, and it's it's so nice because with these evolving EXs, there is this opportunity to have these interesting evolutionary mid-stages. You know, we talked about the Curlia. You have two options, and they're both pretty reasonable. Um, you know, you have, you know, potentially down the road, like we could see similar branching evolutions where you have multiple choices of which uh, stage one and basic to play that, you know, might even enhance the final stage EX. So it's really nice. Gardevoir, like a perfect, I think the line is like a perfect example of what I would want from a Pokemon stage. I do agree. I would, I would love it if all stage two had something like that, right. Where there was so much versatility over the course of playing the game to use it in unique ways. Um, To me, this is a, a, a really awesome package to have. I've always said that I enjoy when Pokemon experiments with the middle stages in particular. Yeah. Um, and what I, what I hope more than anything is what I think defines Pokemon as a game, you know, relative to the magics in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, and as a franchise as a whole, even outside of a card game, evolution is what defines Pokemon, right? Yeah. It, the concept of your Pokemon growing and evolving over time. Um, and to me, like VMAXs and VSTARs don't really scratch that itch. Um, you know, that they, they don't really actually represent evolving super well to me. So having cards like this be in the format, to me, is a good sign. I, I think that it better embraces the spirit of what Pokemon represents. Um, and to me, this signals that they're trying harder to be more thoughtful with their their card design for evolving Pokemon. Yeah, very cool. Love that Gardevoir. Um, Maridon EX, we've talked about this a little bit, but the ability tandem unit allows you to search up to two basic 
electric Pokemon and put them onto your bench. So if you have Maridon, you could chain that ability and get out another Maridon and another, um, you know, another lightning basic and just kind of fill your bench, assuming you can get out one of those Maridon. So really interesting ability there. Um, we also have the Coridon that accelerates two basic fighting energy from the discard pile to a basic fighting Pokemon. So there's, you know, that that one's a little weaker, I think, of an ability just because it ends your turn automatically. But certainly you could see a world where that kind of effect could be the kind of genesis for, for a deck. If only we had Primal Groudon. Dude, <laughs> that, that would be pretty insane for sure. <laughs> or like the reggie rock or something like an omega yes. barrier <laughs> yes yes exactly well i i mean you think about that yeah if we had like an omega barrier then you could coride on to it and then thornton <laughs> coride on to the reggie rock that had the omega barrier and then thornton into something else <laughs> oh what is he cooking <laughs> hold up <laughs> that would be sick for sure i guess you could do the diancy right like you throw a diancy up you could core right on to a basic and then <laughs> yeah okay we just got to find a basic to to core right on too <laughs> do it to another freaking core do it to core right on bro bro it's insane <laughs> core right on could accelerate to itself right like it, yeah i mean it's kind of like a it's kind of like a guaranteed zashian in some ways, <laughs> in some ways it's just better zashian <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> so sick <laughs> there's also arcanine ampharos um any of these other exes excite you riley none That's of them jump out at me nearly as much i think the ampharos is another one that i think is exciting for similar reasons as gardevoir not so much because it has like a crazy card text on it it's actually a fairly vanilla card but it does evolve from like flappy um so that's kind of cool um, what I mostly just hope to see is I hope to see more evolving Pokemon that evolve from interesting pre-evolution stages. Mm -hmm. That, to mm -hmm. me, is what excites me the most. And Gardevoir hits that note the best. Um, we talked a little bit a few episodes back about the terrestrial phenomenon on the Arcanine. If you weren't there for that episode, my prediction is that we'll have kind of a an array of different effects similar to um, the ancient traits where there's different sets of terrestrial effects. I don't think bench barrier will be the only one. <laughs> um, if it is, that's kind of a flub of a, of a generation defining mechanic for, mm -hmm. uh, for the video game. Um, one thing though, that I want to call out that I'm actually disappointed about uh, is we've got the great tusk EX revealed. And first off, it's kind of a meh, card you know it's it's very don fan-esque in a way um but what disappoints me is they didn't assign any sort of like tag or attribute to the paradox pokemon the you know the past or future pokemon you know it's just a regular ex um, and i was hoping that we would maybe explore the paradox pokemon a little bit further so i was a little disappointed by that fair enough Anything else jump at you with the new EXs? Nothing with the new EXs, but there are a couple of cards that I do want to point out that we haven't talked about. Obviously, the Nest Ball reprint is something that is going to be well-received. Uh, we, yeah. lose, we lose Quick Ball in... Uh, that was a Sword and Shield card. Um, but Nest Ball is a nice replacement. I re only regret not picking up four gold ones back when I was like, eh, Nest Ball seems like a card that could get reprinted but it's coming back we also have electricity generator that is a some would say maybe a budget max elixir others would say a better max elixir but look at the top five cards choose up to two basic electric energy and attach them to one of your benched electric pokemon in any way you like then shuffle the remaining cards back into your deck so you know there's potential there for the maridon deck you're filling your bench and then you can use your electricity generator that seems kind of cool um i i think these kinds of item cards that allow you to attach extra energy are always you know have some kind of place they're the always contenders right yeah yeah um 
Yeah, I, I agree. Those are some 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 good highlights there. Also, Palpad is getting a reprint, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that card's sticking around. I'm actually a little bit surprised, honestly, that Nespal is getting reprinted. I thought that card was so broken. That card uh, is very broken. But eh, we'll roll with it. <laughs> That's right. Happy to have you back, Nespal. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish it was printed earlier so I could use it in my Mew deck. <laughs> so true, dude. <laughs> You know, like screw the metal VIP fat. <laughs> Let's play yeah, a, or play both. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I mean, would you just go a one for one swap? You think? Maybe nest ball for VIP pass, or would you play? You think you'd play? Both? I feel like there's still value in the VIP pass, so you probably play both. You think you'd just take out like the the uh, I'm trying to think what you would cut, like the the. Um, Cramomatics to try to fit in nest balls. There are definitely eras in the game where that would probably be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a huge deal what we play in our current iteration of Mew deck. There does. I mean, there does exist a format where nest ball and Mew coexist. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with click ball gone, that's an obvious inclusion in Mew. Yep. Yep. Um, nest ball is absurd. So cool to see that one back. Um, and I'm, you know, obviously we've only seen a small smattering of the X cards, so I'm just excited for, you know, what lies ahead. It's a new era in the game, and I think that's always fun and interesting to see how that pans out. That all said, though, JV, I think we've hit that time for a card of the day. Ooh, it sure is. All right, I was struck by this card. I have it in front of me right now. I was struck by the card uh, because. The flavor text is in first person. <laughs> have, you got, have you ever heard of flavor text being in first person? Uh, no. Okay. Well, let me read you the card. I suspect that its well-developed legs are the result of a life spent on mountains covered in deep snow. The scent it exudes from its flower crown heartens those in proximity. Flower crown and long legs. Mm-hmm. Flower crown and long legs. Should this be obvious? <laughs> I can't think of a Pokemon that has those two attributes. Well, it's grass. I yeah, I figured. <laughs> Flower crown, long legs. Does it have a secondary type like in like? I. Th- I mean, it's like, so like uh, a cousin Pokemon might be Rosalia. Yeah. Or Roserade, I guess, would be a more, that would be like kind of a comparable Pokemon. I mean, it's not like Florges, is it? Nope. Okay, that's the only one I could think of. Flower. I don't know. I, I legit don't know. Okay. The card is Hisuian Lilligant. Uh, Hisuian, tricky, tricky, tricky. Tricky. But I just thought the card was so interesting because I had never read a flavor text that had the uh, the text in first person. And the reason that is is because in the Hisuian games, all the Pokedex entries are written from the perspective of the professor because um, it's like his journal or something. Oh, it I see I didn't play the game so I yeah. like read this and I'm like wow that's the craziest thing so you're saying like what's another what's it, like Hisuian Arcanine Arcanine Hisuian Arcanine TCG let me look this up that also has a first person probably uh it, it this one doesn't this one doesn't huh okay so if you know of another flavor text that is written in first person, please DM uh-huh. us over on Twitter. I'm looking at the other Hisuian Pokemon because I feel like – now I'm curious because I feel like one of them would be the one. No shot. Here we go. Hisuian Growlithe. Dang it. They patrol their territory in pairs. I believe the Igneous Rock – components of in the fur of the species are the result of volcanic activity in its habitat because uh, that was that was a thing i'm like not not talking out of my butt <laughs> in the in the legend arceus game 
the professor's journal basically is the Pokedex. Uh, uh, okay, see, I'm just a, I'm just a simple TCG player. <laughs> well, I mean, do you see the the tweets? I forget like what group chat it was, but they were showing someone who only plays TCG. Like pictures of Pokemon, like this isn't a real Pokemon. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, yeah, there was one that I saw. It's kind of like a dragon Pokemon that looked really funny. <laughs> like Dragalgy or something? No, it was a new dragon Pokemon that looked kind of like. Baxcalibur, maybe? I think it was that one. Yeah, he's funny yeah. looking. He's got a weird looking face. <laughs> Well, very nice. I like the logic behind that being the card of the day. Dang, I thought I was really slick with it. I bet we have some listeners just shaking their heads right now. Shaking their, shaking my freaking head, man. JW doesn't know. S M H. JW does not freaking know the Legend Arceus Pokedex lore. Listen, I know a lot about Pokemon cards. I don't know that much about the Pokemon games, unless it's Gen One or Two. Then I know a lot about the Pokemon games. One quick thing before we thank our sponsor. Uh, speaking of old gen Pokemon games, just yesterday, as of recording this, I actually bought online a new DS Lite so I can play the GBA and DS Pokemon games wow. uh, on original hardware again. Wow. <laughs> That's going to make you feel like a kid. It will. Yeah, I was. I thought I had an SP at home. It must be at my parents. And my current DS Lite has a broken hinge. Um, so i could play the ds games on my 3ds but i can't play the game boy games which is what i want to play yep so yeah i'm excited that's tough, that's tough. Good that all stuff, said though. let's go ahead and thank our sponsor for this week's episode absolutely the tag team pokemon podcast is presented by manscaped once again for another year we're back with manscaped they provide some of the best highest quality products for men's grooming Riley uses the products. I use the products. Me uses the products. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I use Manscaped. So easy a caveman can do it, right? <laughs> well, I think now we're mixing up ads. <laughs> but seriously, they make some incredible products, and we're so, so happy to be partnering with them again here at the beginning of 2023. Riley, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with Manscaped? Yeah, Manscaped offers some serious top-of-the-line products. Not only have we empirically confirmed that wearing the Manscaped boxers is more likely to lead to tournament success, but their razors are seriously top-of-the-line stuff. Uh, when I was younger, I was a huge um, like straight razor purist <laughs> type of person, mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't really work super well with your sensitive areas. So having something like Manscaped around with its ceramic blades does such a good job. I was literally using it yesterday, and it feels amazing. It works so good. You come out feeling confident and clean, which is all you can ever really ask for. And that's in addition to all of their other wonderful products, your nose hair trimmers, shampoos, conditioners, body wash, you name it, they have it. Uh, and if you're looking to level up your men's grooming or self-care experience, then Manscaped is the right product for you. So what I would recommend, head over to manscaped.com, type it in your browser. And the cool thing is you can put whatever you want in your cart. That's how stores work. And once you're at checkout, you throw in this little bit code, okay? Code tag team at Only checkout. seven letters. Only seven letters. Seven freaking letters saves you 20% off. That's 3% per letter. <laughs> That's, That's insane crazy. value. Such good value. <laughs> so if you're looking to save 3% per letter, head over to manscaped.com, type in code tag team at checkout, and get 20% off plus free shipping. Don't pay for shipping in 2023. Come on. It's a new year. Put shipping behind you <laughs> and That's use right. code tag team at checkout at Manscaped. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thank you guys all so much for um, – you know, using this product, uh, buying Manscaped products, because that helps us uh, keep, you know, our sponsorship going with, with Manscaped. So thank you guys all so much for, for those of you that have purchased um, already. Go to manscaped.com, code tag team, 20% off plus free shipping. Check it out. And with that, JW, we're going to round out this episode with a quick blaze through 
of the metagame. Like we said, Silver Tempest is on its last legs. Crown Zenith is right ahead of us as we look towards Orlando. But we still do have San Diego this weekend. Big development that we talked about last week was Vikavolt. Um, I keep trying to say Archaeops because they're freaking a fossil bird. Vikavolt <laughs> yeah, Aerodactyl. Vikavolt yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> Aerodactyl coming yeah. out of Arlington. Honestly, it was a contender to win that whole tournament. I uh, was potentially even favored to win the whole tournament. Arguably should have won the whole tournament. <laughs> and so that's a huge shift in the metagame. It's just the mere presence of that deck. And, of course, there's consequences falling out from that. Um, I think from my perspective, you know, browsing online tournaments and in my own testing, my perspective is the emergence of harder counters into Lugia. You know, we think of, like, Paralysis. That was a soft counter. It's, like, the softest kind of counter you can give is status conditions. Um, but stuff like, like, Beakable Aerodact... <laughs> Evil Aerodactyl. I was stopped myself thinking that Aerodactyl was wrong this time. <laughs> so evil. Um, stuff like Vivo Aerodactyl is a significantly harder counter. Uh, things like Weezing decks are a significantly yep. harder counter into Lugia yep. than than any special condition could ever be. Right. And the consequence of that, in my mind, is the doors have opened up ever so slightly for some of these decks that maybe have decent matchups on the field but struggle versus Lugia to make their place. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the biggest beneficiary of all is Gudra. Uh, that's a deck that is honestly really solid against almost the entire metagame, but folds to Lugia completely. Um, and so if it can take advantage of a little bit of a hole in the metagame where Lugia is maybe a little less popular or you hit a few less over the course of a tournament, that's a deck that, that seriously benefits. Maybe you sneak one win against the Lugia here or there. Um, so that's something to watch out for. Arceus has also been on the rise as a deck that struggles versus Lugia. Um, and then, of course, like we have our, our staples staying around. Um, JW, what are your thoughts as we look ahead to San Diego for how the meta has evolved? And let's round out this episode with the top three picks for San Diego. Sure. I think you've nailed it there when saying that these hard counters have shifted the metagame enough that Lugia has to, you know, it, they it can't really adapt for a deck like Vigavolt Aerodactyl. That's just not a thing. Just win the flip. <laughs> yeah, win the flip, I guess, exactly, and, and maybe get a little bit lucky. But, um, you know, certainly with the presence of that, with the presence of some of these other, you know, harder counter decks in the Lugia, we are seeing players... Uh, shifts ever so slightly away from Lugia, more in favor of the decks like Arceus, the decks like Gudra, um, just some of these decks that had been largely suppressed by Lugia, starting to come out and be a little bit more, I don't know, what's the word, like uh, represented, certainly. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're definitely are, better represented. Yeah, players are, are, are more likely to be playing these kind of uh, decks that by and large have been, absent from from the meta for for a number of weeks now um looking ahead into san diego you might be asking well where does this leave lugia now that there are all these counters you know certainly lugia will fall off to an extent if it has to deal with aerodactyl you know uh, in in large quantities if it has to deal with wheezing in large quantities but again it kind of depends on what players decide to do because the absence is this kind of uh, rock, paper, scissors, right? Lugia is good, uh, but maybe folds to Aerodactyl. But Aerodactyl decks maybe are not particularly good into kind of random stuff, you know, the, the Gudras of the world. And so you have this kind of weird little triangle going on where you have to decide, do I play the best deck? Do I play the counter? Or do I play the counter to the counter? Yeah. And I still think Lugia is just that deck. You know, Lugia is him, to borrow a very uh, favored colloquialism. Lugia is him. I think that deck is not going anywhere. Maybe we'll see a slight decline, because I do think the Vikavolt deck, by and large, is is real. You know, I think a lot of players will 
at least consider it and have it on the testing table the night before. There are some counters that you can play. Obviously, it has a hard time against a single mill tank. <laughs> but, you know, th that's still a deck to be to be considered. I will say Lugia by far is a great play just at any point. The deck is absolutely busted. Um, will it have the same meta share that it had in past weeks? Probably not. We'll probably see a step back for it in terms of the amount of players, but still hovering at about a quarter of the field. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my impression as well. You know, we saw Lugia reaching as high as like 35, 40% yeah. before. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to more likely be like 30% a quarter now, um, which is a significant downturn, but still, that is still like most popular deck in the room status easily. Mm -hmm. Easily. Yep. Um, so if I had to sort of sum it up, I would say Lugia is still going to be the most popular deck without a doubt. Uh, but it has introduced into the, the format some some hate, finally. You know, some true, like, hate decks. Um, I do expect an uptick in some of those, like, counter-counter decks like Gudra. But I don't expect them to be an overwhelming meta share either. Um, you know, think things like 5 to 7% range. You know, mm. similar to, like, how Reggie's was played at previous tournaments. Like, that percentage of the meta, if that. Sure. Um I think one other interesting nuance of San Diego as well um, that's been a little underspoken is there are no vendors on Friday and Deckless Submission is due on Friday. So if, especially when I think of cards like Aerodactyl V-Star, like that's a card probably not everybody has like readily available in their binder. Uh, and maybe they weren't able to get an order in, you know, it was the holiday season. Maybe they weren't able to get an order in between uh, between Arlington and San Diego. So we yeah. may see a legitimate influence on the meta where just the availability of cards has caused people to like be pigeonholed into a deck that they already own. Yeah, that's a really good point because it, this is really absurd in my opinion. And, you know, the organizer has reasons for doing it like this, but it just feels a little, it feels a little cheap and, and uh, just kind of, uh, disrespectful i think to the players that have to travel in on that friday but um deckless submission is due by 8 p.m the night before the regionals we've seen this happen at the world championship level where you have to submit your list you know well in advance but if you're going to worlds you've probably been testing for months and that last minute decision on cards or techs or decks doesn't have as much of an impact um, you also you know going into Worlds, there won't be vendors at all. <laughs> yeah, there won't be vendors at all. Yeah, great point, too. So, But <laughs> at these regional-level tournaments, you kind of expect to get with your friends there, you know, have that night to just throw decks and then make a decision. You know, even those three, four hours right before, um, you know, right before bed can be huge in determining what you're going to play for the next for the next day. So... Uh, it's a confusing decision, but it definitely will have some ramifications um, on, a, on a portion of the player base. Yeah, I I think it will like genuinely mm -hmm. impact what people are able to play at the yep. tournament. So yep. um, certainly, like an interesting combination of things. You know, it's the, it's the combination of the fact that decklist is due so early relative to the tournament, and the fact there's no vendors. It's just like a really uh, unfortunate brew <laughs> for people that are that are into that um if i had to guess by percentage played i would still say the top three are going to be lugia mew and lost box um that said you may see some interesting portions at like top players who are opting into things like vikavolt who are opting into things like arceus or reggie's mm. um so I think this will be an interesting tournament. You know, these sort of sunset tournaments are always kind of interesting in, in formats when you, the format almost like starts to double back on itself and, <laughs> and crumple over. So I think it'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, I'm excited to go and play. And I'm excited to get out of the freaking cold, man. I'm excited to get to the warm. Well, actually, I was going to ask you that. You did manage to get in, right? I did, yeah. Very good. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah, I actually got it on the wave before Christmas, so I wasn't, like, competing tonight for the oh, last slot. Oh, okay. Lot. Yeah, oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, that's so crazy. But um, is, Mew, is Mew back on the table for you? 
Mew's never off the table, buddy. It's a Mew year. <laughs> well, because we had thought going into Arlington that there was going to be a lot of, you know, hate from you, particularly with Drapion and, you know, I don't know, Weezing, Eternatus, that kind of thing. Is it is it back on the table for you as a legitimate? So I would say Drapion stocks have definitely gone down again. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eternatus stocks have have risen, I would say, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but I would say Mew, yeah, is, is a legit contender for me. Um, for sure. I would be fine playing Mew. For sure. So looking forward to San Diego. I'm looking forward to to spending some time in some warmer weather with my homies. I don't think it's like truly crazy warm or anything right now, but it is warmer certainly than Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm excited to have a good time. Let us know what you're excited for in the upcoming year over on Twitter, where you can find us at Tag Team Pokemon for the podcast, at Real John Walter for JW, and Smiles with Riles for myself. And if you're looking to get involved with the podcast, really cool thing is we record every single Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over at twitch.tv slash munner. And if you want to watch JW streams, he also streams over at twitch.tv slash flexdaddyrighteous. Same name as his YouTube channel. Absolutely. We appreciate every single one of you for your listenership. We're almost at four years, which is super, super cool. Uh, continuously doing this podcast. Uh, we couldn't do it without your all support. Uh, so thank you again. And we hope that you have an awesome start to your 2023, whether you're in San Diego or not. And we're excited for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great year. Thank you for the support. Appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you for just coming up and saying hey during the tournaments. That's a great feeling to know that we have uh, an impact on listeners. So thank you so much for your support, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. See ya.